0: hello 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 it's time to be mellow it's time to be free and
1: happy welcome to stream of conscious west just because it was different doesn't mean it's bad you know my my childhood my life my path my trajectory like why am i casting this judgment on the past because i notice that i can prove myself to me and that's all i do i am complete this is a freestyle vibes number one I am never done, I will see the sun It will come rising every morning I might not see it, but I'll be grinning If I choose it, I might lose it every second I'll be abusing drugs, alcohol, not really But after all, I like these things I like to do them all, but I can't do them every moment of my life I could live this life on the mic 24-7 But it would not be so right It would be something that I did not like It will be something fresher and doper I am a creature that I have made in a teacher form And I know that I used to be forlorn about my past But now I love to explore it Ooh, I'm feeling floored because this music is my pores I love it baby, but I love you more I love myself and I love the life that I've lived right now And I'm entirely loving my wealth I don't have a lot of money, it's true I got an education, but what did that do? But now I have this debt that I'm saddled with too But now I'm here alive, coming straight to you This is the freshest, dopest shit that you have been hearing in a minute This is album worthy, I'm not swervin', I'm so dirty Y'all been licking this, I'm Mr. Clean Bald Headed Bitch But I like my long shit I like to go places, I like to have fun I like to run races, I like to be a funky dude and I'm feeling so in tune with who I am and I'm coming to you I drive it's me and Pete on the highway and we've been cruising I got this that lumbar support I need to keep myself temperature floor I love to love what I love and I love you more I like it it's all I need but I'm using and I'm abusing I feel chosen I'm i frozen from the dead and I am just getting ahead in my life my head is on straight I feel great I know that it's too late you can't wait and everything I do I'm on a date with myself I love you dude my name is W-E-S-L-E-Y-D-A-V-I-D-C a-R-L-S-O-N The end Ooh, I like to be my best friend I like you too I like grace Ooh, you fucking dude I like these weights that I'm lifting I like to cook myself cool in my kitchen Uh, ha <laughs> what's good, what's good What's good
0: What's up, guys? Coming to you from the living room, uh, figuring out the most comfortable places for me to show up here. I'm always, I'm, I'm in the midst of being like, there are many different ways I can record on my phone. I can record in my closet. I can record at the living room table, and my roommates might come in, but that doesn't affect me because I'm okay with people hearing me. Thoughtfully process. What's going on? Um, So, happy day to you. Um, Welcome to Never Stop Learning. Wow. So I want to talk about this. Never Stop Learning uh, was my podcast. And I chose the name Never Stop Learning because my youngest sister screamed that at the whole family in a tantrum moment when she was like four or five or something. And... It was like an inside joke. And I really do need to remember more often that there is a lot to be learned in this life. And how jaded I grew to become about the process and even the prospect of learning in a traditional learning environment, which for me was not that. I I see a lot of stuff lately about how like the school is like childhood prison where it's like truancy it's like inmate on the loose it's like sit your ass down it is the cultural indoctrination right we have religious indoctrination we have American cultural indoctrination we have worldwide cultural indoctrination because I think what a lot of us realize about the world uh, is that the introduction of the global culture uh, has the governments and the fact that countries around the world are interacting with each other, trading with each other Everything that we buy at the store was made in China, right? We all know this to be true. But what we don't recognize is how connected we are to all the other individuals who have woken up in this global world culture of capitalism, of resource hoarding, of resource exploitation, of indoctrinating the citizens, the collective world citizens, in a non-indigenous way of interacting with the earth and interacting with reality, right? Um, Indigenous cultures are now not uh, allowed to just simply be, right? Even those cultures that still are able to live generally how they always have, there, there is a recognition that things are not the same. I don't know if you've seen that recently. Some world organization said, no rainwater on Earth is safe to drink anymore. And that is not because the majority of global humans have been doing something wrong, right? This is not the fault of us, right? This is the fault of the way that the... I mean, imagine a world where corporations do not exist, where a company isn't a thing, where there's the collective understanding, there's humans filling roles, but not becoming something non-human. This is an idea that I, I, and I want to go back and read it again, that I read and and thought a lot about in the book Civilized to Death by Chris Ryan. Uh, I implore you to check it out. I listened to the audiobook, which I find very, uh, an engaging way for me to take in information because podcasts, audiobooks, they have a way into my brain that words on a paper page, I'm not as accustomed, right? I I have a lifetime of choosing the auditory and often auditory visual stimuli to be the way that I take in information. And so understanding that, recognizing that i'm surely not abandoning the process of reading but it's it's a choice that i have to make it's it's a different activity reading a book right now versus listening to that same book that choice to do so comes from a different place there's a A different way of interacting with that same content. And what was my point? Oh, corporations. So in that book, he's just basically saying like corporations are like non-human aliens, right? If we use the term alien to mean not of us, right? Humans can start corporations, right? Humans started the stock market, but we are not in control, you know. Chris Ryan uses the example, and I'm sure I've said this before, uh, the example of, of saying, like, if the CEO of BP Oil decided tomorrow, oh, I don't want to be deep sea mining. That's hurting the earth. I don't want to be... Uh, What's the thing shaling, fracking, because that's fucked up, and said, no, I don't want to do that anymore. Like, he would be fired by the end of the day, right, to try and enact upon a new ideology about what, what this company should be because there are shareholders stockholders people the the vice presidents the ceo the coo the cmo like all these different roles where it's like there are individuals who have roles on the ship but the ship is moving at the target of what And so I think when we look at companies, corporations that have a profit motive, which is every company ever, right? But profit as the only or the first and foremost priority for why we're in business, right? That is not a human way of undergoing business. And again, sorry for all the noises, but here's here's where we are. I live in a noisy world. I live on a busy street. I got people living in my house, and I got you living in my mind that I choose to express to you in ways that come to me naturally. Um, and so, anyway, global culture, corporations are not human first. They are profit first. They... Have they take no mind to make sure that they are responsibly being stewards of the portions of the earth that they are affecting, that they are degrading? Right. It's like, have you guys heard of the the three sisters uh, Native American, I think, way of planting squash? Uh, tomatoes. What's the other one? Squash, something in corn. Squash, green beans, and corn. And it's like the squash takes over the ground to prevent the weeds from growing up. The beans grow around the corn stalks to prevent something else. And then the, the corn stalks grow and then help shade the squash from out and I don't know i don't I'm talking on my ass here, but it's like there's a reason that you drive around the Midwest that is corporate contracted fields of soybeans and corn and GMO corn, and that there is no uh, squash grown underneath that it is all huge as big as a small house, machines, you know, rowing, plowing through these enormous fields. And it's just like, it's just filling up whatever profit bucket is most near and is the way it's been. You know, there's like the idea that, you know, there are many different ways to, to to have a, a more water-friendly form of of having a toilet in your home. You know, like composting toilets or or many other toilets that don't require dumping liters and liters of water down, fresh water down the drain every time you poop and pee. But yet, that's what's in every home. You know, it's like and so we can see the way that now there is not a prioritization of being stewards to the earth and you would think you know that being stewards to of the earth like that reminds me of like genesis in the bible right where we have the story of god placed us down and said here look at what i've created for you Look at all these animals that are yours to do with as you please, and all these plants, take care of them. And it's like, bruh, ain't none of the animals or none of the plants need us whatsoever at all. Full stop. We and this is kind of this is kind of the idea behind Eve biting the apple from the tree of knowledge and good and evil. It, it was like human culture, in in a small section in 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 one area of the world, coming to this realization of, oh hey, like we are we are now aware enough, smart enough, have the tools enough to say, and to enact the idea that we can have whatever the fuck we want and that idea comes we start to live that way and that is the being banished from the garden of eden right that is the banishment is us prioritizing our wants over finding the niche and finding the the environment where we can join the bounty of the natural world so in the way that in in our short human history we have a story about how about how you know white people spread you know if we we can kind of make a mass generalization and say that it's like white culture the cult you know even the story of adam and eve it's it's portrayed as adam the white guy right that's just that's just not real right but adam and eve the white people were the first ones to self Banished themselves from the indigenous world, right? And so, through force, through violence, through disease, through colonialism, through uh, genocide, and then through the building up of cities and of a culture of of large, large gatherings of humans in a space in order for us to take care of ourselves this way then you know the first city had to go out and be like we got a lot of fucking people hey indigenous folks like we need this land that you've been living on since in, your, in all of your memory like either give it to us or we're gonna kill you and take it two options right and so, what do the. In, and this is, you know, this is all just an idea about how we got to where we are. But I think, you know, I, this idea about what our history actually is, is certainly not something that I could ever learn in, in any of the textbooks that I was given throughout my childhood, right? But I can see how there is being. You know, coming into contact with with the the Adam and Eve and their descendants, right being like, "Yo, whoa, 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 what the fuck? why don't you just live on the land that you are on? like why do you need to come take our land like we're doing what we do, why aren't you doing what you do? and it is the idea that, well, they are right the the Adam and Eve culture is we know best and what we know is that we are here to grow and and here's why. It's when you choose to prioritize your wants you choose to always have more and to grow more, to create more than you need. When you for generations and generations and generations are growing more than you need, you will, your population will grow. When you are always growing more than you need, your population is always growing, that means you will always need more land. Or you will always need to grow more on the land that you have. Every year, okay, how can we up and then fast, fast forward to the stock market? How can we grow more than we need? How can I make sure that I'm constantly having more money in my bank account? So when the indigenous people are running into this culture of untapped, unending growth, what do they say? They say, well, how the fuck did why the fuck are you doing this right like it's kind of insane when you think about it like like what the fuck like that seems ridiculous the only way that they could conceptualize that happening is to imagine the story of Adam and Eve I believe and you know it makes sense that the story of Adam and Eve is a story made up by indigenous people who are trying to somehow comprehend why this new culture coming up on them, how they could have gotten to a point where they're living this way. How can you not look around you and see that everything you need is here? It is a a abandoning of a needs-based and a nature-based system of living and a prioritization of saying we will do whatever the fuck we want so it starts out as saying well i want more and then what the follow that logical rational train of thought down the generations, and the next thing you have is people saying, yeah, we're going to fucking murder this entire group of people because we want their land. Why do you want their land? Well, because the entire system of the way that I view the world is that I get to have what I want. Whoever is in my way dies or gives me my way. Like, like I said, it's the two-option growth system that is still... The majority system of life that has bec- become global capitalism. And so, yeah, that's pretty fucking frustrating. Right? And so it's like now we're at a point where that's the indoctrinated, that's the frame of reference, point of view, that all of our experience of the history of our people, the history of our earth, is rooted in. So it's hard for the majority of us to actually peek behind the curtain of the propaganda of saying, yeah, God gave this to us. God said it's okay that we get to do whatever we want. But did he, though? because it's if i remember correctly god said hey fuck you get the fuck out of here like god didn't actually want us to be doing this and then you know it's like the idea of the old testament and there's a there's kind of this this wrathful god and i think it's again a lot of indigenous stories eventually co-opted by the non-indigenous culture you know just like the story of Noah's ark is not a christian story it is the story of gilgamesh just translated and readopted readopted by the culture who just wanted every you know just wanted stories to help us to help make us feel better about what we're doing right so again it's like yeah the idea of being like Hey. Like we're going to create this story where like God is pissed at you because you walked away from his bounty because of your own selfishness. So we're going to conceptualize this as like oh well then you just need to you need to bow down and worship him, right? We, it's like instead of accepting the bounty of the ever-flowing, ever-giving Mother Earth, we now have to bow down and kiss the feet of the God who banished us from the, the natural Earth because of our decisions. It is a cause and effect. God is mad at us because we made that choice, and it's interesting that that's like at the core of of the the Old Testament, right? Like how we can know, and it, it, but it's so interesting, and, and I'm running up against the idea of, of Christians saying, "Well, but well, that's why we need Jesus, right?" We need Jesus because he forgives us for what we've done. And it's just like, it's so far, it's so deep in that we can't even recognize the core reason for it all and the fact that it doesn't have to be this way and that there are you know, millions of examples in our history, Unfortunately, so many of them ha- are are gone because of the dominant culture wiping them out in favor of, you know, m- millions of miles of soybean fields instead of, you know, burning down the Amazon rainforest to to fuel the ground beef industry, right? Like, there's just layers and layers and layers of denying the core reality of Earth, the core laws that all of the other life on Earth doesn't need to be reminded of because it's it's the natural way of being. Anyway, I fig- I forgot how I got on this topic, but it's like it's it's easy to see how how the most comfortable way of coping with the type of world we find ourselves in is to just find a comfortable way to deny that there is a problem people are going to say well you're just mad because you're not reaping the benefits of of uh, of you know finding a profitable business or of inheriting familial wealth or all of the ways that you can sequester the general unease that modern culture gives us all and you can paper over that feeling with material comforts right and it doesn't matter who's being exploited if you don't have to see it if if you if the only way you are contributing to global exploitation is by you know buying something off of Amazon that is not a strong enough uh, visual representation of the many different supply chains that are triggered by your Amazon purchase that lead to I mean like why is monopolization a problem you know why if we were to say like if we were to imagine that Amazon as a corporation and and I think it almost is a disservice that in in the social culture we have such a visual knowledge of jeff bezos because that then makes us feel like like amazon is like a human company when really it is like the epitome of of a global empire right like perhaps not to the scale but perhaps even greater it's hard for us to know because our sense of history is so whitewashed but it's like Amazon could be like the new Roman Empire, and in fact, it could be such an incredibly more efficient type of empire that is not all about gaining and holding physical ground on the earth. In fact, it is about buying up the supply chains to become, you know, like buy up the bridge and then you can charge a toll, right? Like Amazon is buying up all of the bridges of access to resources in all of these different ways and anything that you could want anything that's made in a factory you could say oh you could get it on Amazon and what that really is is a a blocking of traffic to anyone who's not willing to pay the amazon price now the biggest part of that is not that if i choose not to use amazon then i just go to walmart right or some other small company it's the fact that because there's such a huge like it, it controls so much of the thought market. Like the thought about products is interrupted by our understanding that Amazon has it. And what we don't see is that Amazon is at all times buying the competition. If you sell my shit, my end goal as Amazon, not as Jeff Bezos. Fuck Jeff Bezos because that's not even related to what Amazon does as a non-human corporation that has profit in mind and that is not care about humans or humanity in any sense, right? The fact that it has happy customers, that Amazon Prime members... Are going to like that they can get their product the next day what Amazon truly values is that it will become less and less available to those customers to be able to get something anywhere else so if you sell something I want to buy you so that then you become me and so that the person who's like I started this shop in 1982 and I've been selling these and he's like yeah I'll give you 5 million dollars and now that's me and now you don't exist as my competition now anyone who ever bought from you has to buy from me and it's like like the erasing of of like a, a diversity and the human centered way of doing business Right. Like we can understand how it's like how we got to the point where you were like, okay, guys, now we're going to have currency instead of just trading different items between ourselves. Right. And we can also see that like in in the type of future I foresee is taking the creative aspect of what we need to live back into our hands and you know just an idea is like to say well i'm gonna grow potatoes and corn and squash and then you grow tomatoes and peas and eggplant and then we trade so that we both have all of these items and like what we all pretty much have access to for the most part right now is knowing that the company that set up shop nearest to our home has already made all of these deals and already has had you know all of the contracts to supply the avocados to the trader joe's and that way the customer isn't involved and the customer has an easier experience so we have an easier life right that seems like oh well that's great you know i love to have to go to the grocery store because otherwise how would i be getting what i want and that's what the corporations corporations goal is is for us to not have another option except to buy it from them, right? And it kind of comes back to what I was saying about the spreading of um, of wants over needs culture of, of OG white people, untapped growth culture is like the... The choice that the Trader Joe's says is, well, buy it from me or you don't get it. Or you can go to another store that hopefully isn't as convenient to you so that you don't hopefully don't choose the third option of going somewhere else, right? Amazon's goal is that there will be nowhere else. Why would that be their goal? Because that would be the path to the greatest profit for the company. And that is the only goal right someone else being able to sell you your tripod means that they don't get that business means that they're not making that profit from you so that's a threat in the same way that the the old unlimited growth culture is gonna say oh hey we want your land you either give it to us or you, or we kill you, and they don't want you to know that there's actually a third option, which is that they don't take your land, they don't kill you, and they go somewhere else, right? But that, like colonialism says, no, that's not how it's gonna be. We have the fucking guns, we have the fucking weapons, right? We have the violent mindset to make sure that you're not gonna be able to convince us that we don't need your land, we want it, you give it, right? And in the we want it, you give it culture, now what we have is the money to give. And if we want it, we give the money. If I want to live in this house, I give the money to the person who owns the place and who gets to set their demands for what they will require for me to get what I want. And so in a way, it's like, Well, I don't have a choice. I either pay what they're demanding or I go somewhere else. And so we do understand that going somewhere else is an option for us right now. Uh, But we got to be somewhere. I got to buy something because currently I don't grow food, you know. And so I can see like the way that there is a renewed momentum to going somewhere else, to creating the elsewhere that we can go. A lot of us don't like what's available, but we don't know that that's not how it has to be. But what we have to do is to make human connections and not be loyal to a company who's not loyal to you. Amazon doesn't give a fuck about you. And whatever about Amazon, that's just like the prime (laughs) example in our in American culture right now you know Alibaba Ali is in Asia when I was living in Thailand there was some other I don't remember some other you know Southeast Asian version of Amazon right they're, they're popping up everywhere there there was the the Walmart of the area like and so like I said at the beginning It's really about like, how are we, like what are we willing to accept? You know, one of the first aspects of how I got on this train of thought was talking about like that school is a type of of childhood prison, right? Where it's like, you know, a cop sees a kid walking around during school hours, like that kid is in trouble, like, Like, it is, there is policing involved. There is imprisonment involved, though we will do everything in our power not to use those words when we talk about children, right? And uh, so, man, I had a whole other fucking topic that I wanted to talk about today. But you know what we do, guys? We just follow the stream that arrives right where we are and, yeah, so, gosh, I wish I could remember how this started. I know I was talking about reading and o- listening to an audiobook of Civilized to Death, and that got me on the topic of corporations, and then that trickled down to arriving where we are. But, yeah, I, I just earlier had a great conversation with my grandpa, who I talk to on the phone every Friday, and and he is, like, one of the few people where we just fucking dive in. We don't fucking say, hey, what have you been up to this week? It's just, like, we're living our lives the way we live. Like, what's important is to, and what we're here to do is to talk about, like, what's coming up for you? Like, when are you when were you forced to wield self-awareness? Like, when did you hold your tongue about something? When did you allow yourself to express something that was hard to do and how did that end up? Did you, did you reach your final conclusion? Did you get to, to a place that's new and, and that you might perceive as, as better? did you push past some type of un- uh, discomfort and we have this 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 collective between me and him experience of of having my dad his son as this shared point of being met with with walls with you know With emotional walls that go up with uh, a lack of self-awareness a resistance to being drawn into the depths and I was talking about how I think that there may be that resistance because down deep he might be afraid that if he lets us drag him into realness into real conversation about hard shit sorry guys I got something in the back of my throat that he might have this subconscious fear that that he'll be found out or that there's a there's something wrong that he's doing that he'll have to address and he doesn't want to do that again this is this is just projection this is just an idea a thought about why there may be a closed-offness to him that is not at all present between me and grandpa bob so and you know like in grandpa's life he's he's 83 he plays golf as much as he can he told me that he just shot the best golf game of his life the other day at 83 and and yet he's also surrounded by other people his age who are often also very closed off to acknowledging where they where there's the opportunity to change to think about something differently To acknowledge that the way you've been doing something may not be the right way, that that you may be causing harm, that you may be shutting yourself off from something real, you know, especially uh, revolving around death and around a lot of people, especially elderly folks, having this, this fear or this resistance to opening up, to... To admitting that they're going to die soon like like we don't have to be walling off the things in our lives that make us uncomfortable even this topic about capitalism and corporations and uh, the culture of exploitation and that we in America feel far away from truly recognizing capitalism's impact because we live in in one of the places where the exploitation is not done on our soil as much as it is in other places and so we have the ability to choose to not look at it many people will want to choose to never think about where and why the story of Adam and Eve came to be. That's just what it is. I believe in it. And it's like, okay, yeah, but like, it came from somewhere. It is a human story. There is a, a need for us to create a story to have an idea about why things are the way that they are. And, you know... We want to say, well, the pilgrims came over and broke bread with the natives, and that's why we have Thanksgiving, right? It's it's just like it is a an extreme level of denial. Why? Because it makes us uncomfortable. And being uncomfortable is now necessary for life to improve, for us to heal from our wounds oh the earth is wounded but you are unwilling to look at the wound well that is the fucking first step in healing a wound is to say what's wounded if you just say oh no there's pain somewhere but you are unwilling to look at it because you're afraid that's going to gross you out You're afraid that it's gonna be too much. You're afraid that it's not gonna be able to be fixed. You're afraid that someone's gonna say, hey, you shouldn't have done that. Like all of these layers of fear that lead back to the gaping wounds on the earth going unresolved because we would rather not look. We would rather not become uncomfortable about the way that the choices that we make affect others and if the choices that we make affect the earth that affects others like it's not just about humans right it's not it doesn't have to be just about humans we're not alone and if we were we would all be dead aloneness is not an option but it it can be when you you build up pristine walls all around you and you Hire someone to deliver your groceries and to to feed you the comfortable news and just anyway. I'm met with a lot of uncomfortability about how I am like my dad, about how I don't want to admit when I'm wrong, I don't want to admit when I've gotten angry because I feel like I feel embarrassed, or I feel like. If I admit it, it really is, there's just a million layers of this same type of unwillingness to, like I can recognize, man, it's uncomfortable to feel frustrated and angry about how I reacted to something that was out of my control. Okay, so there are choices that I get to make when I recognize that that is what's happening I turn on the TV I go expel that energy someplace else and I don't look at it directly because once I've let the frustrated energy dissipate then I can act as if everything is okay I can feel as if the solution was just to breathe and wait for an hour, and then it's all good. But I'm not looking at why. Why? And that's what I see in my father, is that he's un- he's unwilling to look at why. Why are you doing the things that you're doing? Why are you unwilling to meet me in the eye and... And listen to me talk about how my, my childhood was affected by your decisions. And you just want to say, I was, I was too lost. I was too ashamed. I was too this. I was too that. And I get it. And I'm feeling very close to him right now. And, and like I have empathy for him because I see myself doing the exact same thing. And it's about different stuff. It's not me denying why I spent $1,000 on some bullshit. It's me denying why that comment you just made made me feel really fucking mad. And if I am always taking the route of shutting down my communication lines, freezing up my body, until that feeling no longer exists, well then that feeling is going to continue to arise again and again and again, until it will be out of my control, seemingly, when that energy comes out in me slamming the remote on the ground and it's shattering and me feeling like, well, I just had to, I just was angry, and then it's like, bro, That's just not how it is. We are in control, and we are in control of what we deny. But if we do it long enough, that becomes a habit, and it feels like, well, it's your fault, you made me mad. And then we wanna blame. And as soon as we have the story in our heads that other people are in control of how I am inside, well, baby, you are just lost, my friend. And so I feel in my heart that for all those people who are out there that are lost right now, like, I'm coming for you. <laughs> like, I'm gonna look for you, man. I wanna help you find your way back home. Right? Because that's not my responsibility, but it is my adventure. It it is my choice. It is my honor to not be scared of your denial because I have the answer. And it is being wounded. It is being sad. It is looking at where those things really come from and being able to say, it's okay that I've come to be who I think I am that if I acknowledge that I want to change, that doesn't mean that I have to deny or I have to uh, like, uh, say, well, I fucked up. And, and we don't want to admit that, but sometimes that's it, like okay, it's okay. You fucked up, we all do. Mistakes are not who you are. but they are a choice. And it doesn't become a mistake anymore if you recognize it as such and shove it down so that you can just keep doing what's comfortable for you. Because that's not comfortable for me. damn this shit is fire dude i just i need to you know like that needed to be said and whoever needs to hear it will hear it and i'll say it again in hundreds of different ways throughout the rest of my life i know that to be true and i'm i'm ready to take that on And I hope you are too. And if you're not, that's okay. Because I believe that you'll get there. And uh, thank you for listening. I'm going to go hang out with my roommates now and make myself some delicious food. My final message for you is my vegan suggestion of the day. As I mentioned before, I live really close to a Trader Joe's right now. And so this is the first time in my life that Trader Joe's has become like my main grocery spot. And uh, I am loving their vegan kale cashew basil pesto. Pick it up at a Trader Joe's near you. I love to make it with some rice noodles and some vegan chicken tenders to make a chicken pesto noodle extraordinaire. Much love to you, I'll catch you tomorrow. Be your conscious best and I'll
1: do the same. Bye. Oh, oh.